I'm Lauren Sherman, the writer behind Puck's fashion and beauty memo line sheet. And I'd like to welcome you to my new show, Fashion People. On every episode of Fashion People, I'll be talking to insiders about the stuff we're all whispering between the press releases. From M&A rumors to celebrity stylist dish to the future of legacy media. Be sure to follow and listen to Fashion People, a presentation of Odyssey in partnership with Puck. Available on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. I'm in the studio right across from my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. Not only are you sitting across from me, but the entire Unhappy Hour team, our producers, Melissa and Arlene, are also here. Hadim, who works with us on our social media, we're all here. It's so beautiful to be reunited. I know everyone who's listening is always like, Matt, we thought you did all of this right by yourself because it's so good and you are so capable. But no, there's actually a full team. A full team. But I do want to share that we almost didn't have Arlene joining us today. I know. And the reason why she almost didn't join us is pretty much the best reason of all time. True. Which is that she is currently watching a cat. Mm -hmm. And this cat is on Prozac. Yes. And she was like, guys, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it because I need to monitor that after giving this cat Prozac that it doesn't piss everywhere. (laughs) I didn't know that was a side effect of Prozac. No no clue. But now we know, the more you know, um, it's the only excuse I'm going to accept from here on out. I've never identified more with a cat for both needing to be on antidepressants and also needing to pee all the time. Right. Prozac is... an antidepressant, right? Yeah. I just don't know. I don't know which commercials. Girl, what are you on? I'm on one that was invented in like the 1700s. <laughs> My therapist has told me multiple times she's never heard of anyone being what? on the antidepressant I'm on. Was it like literally like made for hysterical women? Probably, yeah. Good. <laughs> right after they stopped recommending dildos for women, they... Uh, <laughs> Went from dildos to lobotomies to this one, and that's what you're on. You know what? The best marketing would be for Prozac, a picture of this cat, because the second you look at this cat, you know this bitch needs antidepressants. And yes, we will be posting a photo of her (laughs) onto our Instagram. I need it before and after, before before (laughs) Prozac, after Prozac. (laughs) Anyway, um, shout out to this cat. What is the cat's name? Ferris. Ferris. You know what he needs. A day, a day off, off am, I right? am I right? Oh. <laughs> Listen, we all feel like Ferris this week. <laughs> Let's be real. We're all seconds away from pissing everywhere in a Prozac-induced urination fit. But we're going to get through it. We're going to get through this recording. We're going to get through this week. We're, we're going to get through this it. life. Well... We'll see. I mean, we will. I hope so. <laughs> it just depends on how long. Oh, God. Um, so what is coming up today? We're going to kick things off, as always, with Worst Things First, where I shout about the stupidest, most ridiculous worst news of the week. After that, we're diving deep back into my stoner thoughts. That's right. We're bringing you out of the studio, back onto my couch, to what? To Bitch and Blaze. Bitch and Blaze. Oh. Trademarked. Trademark it. Put it on a throw pillow. I want a t-shirt. I want a hat. I want underwear. I want a thong. I want a jock strap. I want socks. Why are we doing this? Well, first of all, none of your GD business. Secondly, it's because we're inspired by our amazing guest complainer, Huidfluencer, actress, comedian, Marie Faustin. Marie co-hosts the hilarious podcast, Unofficial Expert, with previous guest complainer, Sydney Washington. She and I vent about kids, cats, getting airdrop dick pics, so much more. One of my favorite interviews that we've done, TBH. No shade to all the other guest complainers, but I'm just saying, step your pussy up. The bar is high. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's start the show. All right, horse things first. Let's chat about the worst news of the week. This one is for our newfound Italian listeners. I'm assuming after our Italian-themed episode that all of our new listeners are from Italy. Oh, we essentially went viral there, yes. The entire country of Italy is now listening. All of the regions, Mm -hmm, from mm -hmm. north to south, from the tip of the boot to the the hole. (laughs) What What do you call the top of the boot? Yeah, what do you call it? Just the, The hole. The hole, I guess, yeah. 
The CDC has outraged Italians after urging consumers to heat up their Italian-style cold cuts because of a salmonella outbreak. That is offensive. Yeah. They should be offended. Guess what? It's called a cold cut, the CDC, (laughs) not a hot cut. Okay? Why don't you take it up with with the boss, Bruce Springsteen? (laughs) Famously Italian? Is he not? I doubt it. What I mean, is he's he? from Jersey, which is basically Italian. That's true. He's American. He's American. He's Jersey. Never mind. <laughs> anyway, so there was a, a series of salmonella outbreaks in 17 states. And um, I just think it's funny, in addition to everything else the CDC has had to do in the past 18 months, whenever there's like a salmonella outbreak, they have to go to people and be like, okay, let's tell me everything you ate. And they just have to listen to people list out what they eat. And then they compare the lists and see what's the common thread. Honestly, though, for these people, it must be a huge relief to be working on anything except COVID right now. They're like, please, more salmonella outbreaks. Let me investigate your diet. Need right. cross-reference all it's the nice to be around someone who's eaten. violently ill with something that you can't catch. Right. <laughs> I don't think you can pass unless someone like shits in your mouth. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> not it's to not kink. <laughs> <laughs> um anyway, so they they determined that the, from from interviewing people affected that the common thread was uh that the people had eaten salami, prosciutto and other antipasta uh or charcuterie. Charcuterie? Charcuterie mm-hmm. style meats. So the CDC said until they can find out what specific products are identified as the cause, consumers should consider bringing all of their Italian-style meats to 165 degrees, famously the temperature that kills all bacteria. Good or to at know. least the, the ones in... That's always... They're always like heated up to an internal temperature of 165 degrees, and it's like, okay, how am I supposed to know that? <laughs> But you know what should never be steamed nor 165 degrees? Cold cuts. So it's yeah. bullshit. You think, but, uh, you think I'm putting a salami in the oven? No. Italians on Twitter did not take this news lightly. One person said the government could take my cold gabagool from my cold dead hands. <laughs> Respect. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think... I don't think there's any Italian who has ever valued their own health over eating food. Food always comes first. Um, so eat your cold cuts at your own risk. They did say that you should eat, or you should heat it up to 165 degrees or until steaming if you are at high risk for severe salmonella illness. How would I ever know what risk I am? Are you over 65? No, maybe. <laughs> am I? <laughs> yes. Digestively, are you over 65? Oh, absolutely. I'm like 80. <laughs> yeah. Next, a five-year-old kid from Virginia became one of the youngest ever to hike the full length of the Appalachian Trail, to which I say, hi, (laughs) what are you doing? Do you think it was that kid's idea to go hiking the Appalachian Trail? Did he just get lost? He was just out one day with his parents and like couldn't find them again. And accidentally hiked the entire... (laughs) He just kept following the signs. No, do you know how long it takes to hike the Appalachian Trail? Yeah, a long-ass time. 209 days. That's almost a whole year. Yeah, it took them like eight months. Why? Because it's 2,100 miles long. Ugh, no thank you. And I like hiking. Um, So five-year-old Harvey told the news, um, it was hard work, but it was fun checking out frogs, lizards, and other wildlife. The most upsetting thing that he said, apparently to the news, was that he sprinkled Skittles onto peanut butter tortillas as fuel deranged. Ew! This kid is out of his goddamn <laughs> That is not going to help you. I don't want to make fun of a five-year-old, but this kid is the biggest piece of shit I've ever heard. <laughs> also, not to continue being a bitch, but like, how much of this did he actually walk versus being carried by his parents? I think he, he did actually walk it, because the article was like... His legs are so tiny compared to his parents, I imagine, unless he's a very tall kid, that he... He must be taking like four times the amount of steps as his parents. True. I'm assuming this kid's legs are now thicker than mine. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> he can absolutely open acorn with his thighs. <laughs> uh, the article did talk about like 
technically there have been like babies who have done the length of it, but that's only because they were like on their parents. They were like Sacagawea across the Appalachian Trail. (laughs) Yeah, that's what you never hear the name of Sacagawea's baby, do you? Wow. And now that's why Harvey is finally getting his story. Yeah, his parents did make him do it, basically. I mean, it (laughs) seemed like he was excited about it. I can guarantee Um, out of the 209 days, there were plenty of days where he wasn't. I also am like, shout out to those parents for not fully just burying their child at some point. (laughs) (laughs) I mean that not in, I mean that in the sense of like, you know, if I had to be around a kid for 209 straight days. Especially a kid who's walking (laughs) the whole time. Yeah. Technically the youngest child to actually walk the Appalachian Trail may have been a girl who finished the trail last October, so about a year ago, at the age of four, wearing a Wonder Woman costume. Okay, so typical patriarchy. A woman does it first, and then a man comes in and just steals her thunder, steals her credit. The only difference is that this girl, whose name is Juniper, which is a much better name than Harvey, she her, she and her family completed it in a series. Like, they didn't do it all at once. Mm, consecutive. It was not consecutive. Right. But I guess there's, like, a council for this type of thing, and they were like, that counts. I'm sorry, are those people paid? There's just so many groups, and I'm just like, wait, is that actually your full job? I just love the Appalachian Trail so much (laughs) and want to keep a record of how many people have walked it. I want to gatekeep who gets credit. Yeah. How about this? I don't give a shit (laughs) if you walk, okay? Do you know how many steps I took yesterday? (laughs) Probably not that many. Sometimes, Sometimes you walk up, you don't use the elevator, and you walk up to your 13th floor. True. That's more true, impressive to true. me. I haven't done that in a while, though. Yeah, because it's an awful idea. And finally, this post comes from a listener. It's Blanche Bitch on Twitter. Fantastic. Fantastic username and name. A well-known gated community in Argentina, Argentina, as I say it. Only in Argentina. <laughs> that is home to a bunch of mansions for rich people has been invaded by capybaras (laughs) who have destroyed lawns, bitten dogs, and caused traffic accidents. Yes. Good cheeros, cheeros. This is Fred the Goat has been working internationally, letting people escape, but then also taking down the 1%. Yeah, it's not about escape anymore. It's Mm -mm. about taking over. Global revolution. So if you don't know what a capybara is, it is uh, like a guinea pig that's been bitten by a radioactive spider. (laughs) And it's so cute. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So there is this gated community in Argentina. uh, And it's, yeah, it's it's basically, it's kind of controversial because it's very, it's very exclusive. Mm -hmm. Also, it was built on, like, this precious bit of wetland that... Wetlands? Yeah. Yeah. On the Paraná? (laughs) Paraná? It's the second most important river in South America after the Amazon. Mm. Um, And so environmentalists have also questioned, like, the existence of this gated community. And... um, Yeah, so people are celebrating the capybara invasion (laughs) as being like, yeah, you they're they're rightfully attacking this upper class paradise. Uh, Now, now you know what it's like to be exploited. Karma's a bitch. Residents have said that the capybaras have destroyed gardens, and quote, their excrement has also become a problem. They also complain that local wildlife officials have prohibited residents from touching the capybaras. As they should. They're too cute to be touched. Yeah. Sorry. You just have to sit back and watch while a capybara ruins your life. That's what you get for being rich. I would happily let a capybara ruin my life. A hundred percent. Yeah. I'll I'll bring that down. Giant ass monster guinea pig into my apartment. I'd love to hog wild. I'd love to have that be the last thing I see before I die. Yeah, I'll I'll cozy right up to that in my bed. <laughs> Who needs a body pillow? I'll <laughs> I'll snuggle a capybara. 
Anyway, that's it for this week's Worst Things First. You can head to my Patreon, patreon.com slash mattbellisai, where you can get video of bonus Worst Things First stories, and you can get a special separate podcast feed that's basically a bonus episode that shows up right in your podcast app every week. Head to my Patreon, patreon.com slash mattbellisai. Next, we're diving deep into another edition of my Dumb Stoner Thoughts. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. dive. All right, here's what's happening. Okay, welcome back from the break. No, because there won't be a break. Mm. Welcome to the show, everybody. (laughs) I'm sitting on my couch. Nope, I'm sitting in a chair. And once again, okay, welcome to the Stoner Deep Dive, everybody. If you can't tell, I'm already feeling it. I don't want to say that. (laughs) All right. Um, I didn't write an introduction because I forgot. And sometimes your favorites are complicated. Okay. Sometimes they have flaws. Faves have flaws. Not often, but sometimes. Sorry, I can't be perfect. Sorry, I don't fit into your cookie cutter world. <laughs> okay, but sometimes I make mistakes and I didn't write an introduction, but I did take an edible and then I smoked and now I'm off my GD mind. <laughs> Every time we were like, we're going to get it perfect. Yeah, we really thought we got the right cocktail. If I were throwing a dart at a dartboard and the bullseye was the perfect high. I wouldn't even have made the board. <laughs> I'd be on the bar uh, wall. He'd be in somebody's ass. Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't hear it. That was the sound of longing. <laughs> At the suggestion of being in someone's ass. <laughs> okay. Oh, so I wrote down, thank God. Some <laughs> preliminary thoughts, uh, some stoner thoughts that I thought I'd dissect. Okay, let's get into it. These are Matt's, sto- everyone say with me, Matt's, Matt's stoner, stoner thoughts. thoughts. First, I was afraid of. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my first thought, I don't get why asparagus makes your pee taste like that. It taste. <laughs> <laughs> Smell? Let's clarify. I'm not drinking this. Not to kink shame, but oh god. It doesn't make sense that asparagus has that power. But no when nothing other food. else does. Right. That to me that's a sign we should not be eating asparagus. Right, like what evolutionary purposes that serve but to warn? <laughs> It's just, yeah, asparagus is literally begging us not to eat it in the form of a violent odor that it makes <laughs> from my urethra whenever I eat it. It a makes little me feel t- like a, a cat. Little, I could eat the tiniest piece of asparagus and my dick is like, did you order the vomit? <laughs> For did 48 you, hours. Did you order the pepple pew? <laughs> oh, then my dick speaks French. I, I wouldn't see it any other way. Next. This is all come in hot with this take. Get ready to cancel me, folks. I'm get, unbuckling my seatbelt. Get your hand on the cancel button, everyone. Oh, because no. it's coming. I don't see the difference between lettuce and cabbage, oh, folks. Oh, my God. Tell me straight to my face those are two separate plants. I you can't. can't. I can't. Okay, this comes from a, a place of deep trauma and pain. Oh, of course. That one time we were having hamburgers for dinner. My mom sent me to the store to get lettuce for mm-hmm. the hamburgers. Guess what this fool came back with? <laughs> a full head of cabbage, folks. <laughs> and she had the goddamn nerve to look me in my face, her baby cherub of the sun, <laughs> and say... You fool. <laughs> you got cabbage instead of lettuce, and we can't put cabbage on hamburger. And I said, listen up, Deb. <laughs> Why the fuck not? 
Did you put him on the Bergs? No. Uh, it was such a she source of shame. She threw the whole cow away. What? She threw the meat away. She made me watch. <gasps> she said, this is your fault. No you dinner. piece of shit. Wow. And you went hungry she that night. She spit in my face. I'll never forget it. It's my eighth birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but no, I just think, A, if you're going to put two items that look identical <laughs> next to one another in the grocery store shelves, label it. Also, there are B- big letters. <laughs> excuse me. I need big letters. I need to, I need every one of those heads of fucking, what is it? I'm sure someone who knows plants will Remain. be like, that's actually the tip of the dick that they cut off. <laughs> Save it, Professor Sprout. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Okay, the jolly green giant. Why don't you jolly green hop on this dick? What? Why don't you jolly green Joe get a real job? (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you jolly green Joe get a job? They print that right on the head of the bag of the head of broccolis. Okay, so that's why I don't like lettuce and cabbage. Is this the other thought that I had? Why are ants always working together like that? It makes no sense. <laughs> like I'm not that smart. What they are doing, I can't do. They're always carrying stuff. And they're going in all these lines. How do they all know how to get in line? We can barely be in line. I here's what really upsets me. Is I don't get what publicist that ants hired <laughs> to th- shove the fact down my throat that they can lift a hundred times their weight. <laughs> you never hear this about any other animal or bug. I All bet a of lot the animal of bugs kingdom probably are like yeah. that. But you know the ant lobby mm-hmm. is working double time to try to shove it down my throat, right? <laughs> shove it right in my face. That oh, an ant is the strongest thing. If a human were an ant, we could lift up an elephant or some shit. Hell yeah! Not even probably like fifty elephants, <laughs> seventy even. But it's like who even wants to do that? I don't want to lift anything. They're too motivated. And what for? What do they even do with that power? You know, what, the only thing I want to lift? The Holy Spirit. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful. It's so... I put it on a pillow. Right. That's like the opposite of a joke. It's a motivational speech is what oh that God. was. But I just don't understand. Mostly, I remember learning about the fact that ants, whenever they find a piece of food, they send out some type of ant signal. <laughs> What do you think it sounds like? Snitch on the food and then call. (laughs) (laughs) That's my answer. (laughs) That's per. I think I nailed it on the first day. Yeah, a hundred percent. And anyway, but then all their ant friends Mm -hmm. come and then enjoy whatever the peanut that I dropped on the ground. And it's like you could have kept that to yourself, bruh. Why? Why did you say that to all everyone else? And now. You, there's an entire family of ants in my house. Sorry that that ant loves community. Yeah, that's why I'll never be an ant. Because I'm like, oh, five fine peanut on the street. That's oh, mine. Guess who's getting a whole peanut? Yeah. This guy right here. Next. There are way too many types of rocks. Like, they're all the same thing, you know what I mean? They're yeah, just when rocks. Yeah, when I was a kid... Oh, you know that feeling as a kid when you find that one smooth rock? Oh, it's like porcelain. And it's like, I better stash this away. This is going to be worth money. Yeah. There's going to be some rock guy out there. Some rock star, you would even say. (laughs) And um, he's going to come by to Elsip, Illinois one day. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, Mr. Rock Star, Next. Why do all ice cream trucks just play that one song? And I, I truly am like, you have the entire music library available to you. And yet they built all of these ice cream trucks to only emit one song. We have so much technology. Bluetooth speakers. <laughs> I can turn any vehicle into an ice cream truck. Go around, feed children. Yeah, be like, come on, kids. You want to get my car? That'll be crazy. You want this good, good? <laughs> Speaking of course of the ice cream. And finally, this is also related. 
I think all of the pre-packaged ice creams in the ice cream truck are garbage. Why go to an ice cream truck if you're just going to get something that you could get from a freezer? You could buy from any deli freezer. Oh, that's another thing that gets my goat. Why do some ice creams come in the freezer that you have to stand above and some come in the door one? And which one's better? It's like some ice creams are sold in like Dorothy's cellar from Wizard of Oz. You have to open it like you're escaping a tornado. And then some is just a door. So it's one is to Oz and one is to Narnia. Wow. That's the real truth. Okay. Well, anyway, I just feel like we should be addressing all of these issues. And who knows? Maybe I will. Maybe I'll run for mayor. And then everyone will have to put up with that this time. What? How did we get here? Um, anyway, that's my thoughts for today. Tune in next time. And it, I'll pluck a chicken live on the air, everyone. <laughs> Thanks um, for tuning in. Here, we're going to play you out with the soft oldies. Coming in. <laughs> uh, this is R1K 57.9. 57.9. And then... Um, yeah, we'd have a cat, like a meowing sound and like a like, oh a like a jaguar sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, an entire um, tap dancing routine. Oh, love it. Michael Flatley. Squidward style. Michael Flatley. Next, we got Marie Faustin on the pod, Huidfluencer, right after this commercial break. I'm Bobby Finger. And I'm Lindsay Weber. And I want to tell you about a podcast I think you're going to love. Who Weekly is a podcast about everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. Does celebrity news stress you out? Are there too many people you've literally never heard of? Check out Who Weekly, a podcast hosted by Lindsay Weber and me, Bobby Finger. Each episode goes deep into the biggest Who celebrity stories of the moment. And if you're still confused, we even have a weekly call-in episode where we'll answer the most burning listener queries. Who Weekly airs twice weekly with brand new episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays. Listen and follow Who Weekly on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcasts. I'm Shimol Yai, and I have a new podcast called The Competition. Every year, 50 high school senior girls compete in a massive scholarship competition. I wouldn't say I have an ego problem, but I'm extremely competitive. All of the competitors are used to being the best and the brightest, and they're all vying for a huge cash prize. This will probably be the most intense that you've ever gone through in your life. I remember that feeling because I was one of them. I lost. But now, I'm coming back as a judge and also a kind of teen girl anthropologist. Because if you want to understand what it's like to be a young woman in America today, the competition's not a bad place to start. Hopefully, no one will die on stage tonight. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery, this is The Competition. Follow The Competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. My guest complainer today once had her edible stolen by a squirrel. She's been on Broad City, VH1, Comedy Central Stand Up, was named a comedian you should know by Vulture. She's the co-host of the Unofficial Expert podcast, also hosts a weekly show at the Knitting Factory in Brooklyn. Welcome, Marie Faustin. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We... Always start by asking, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? Children. Children and cats. Okay. Kids kids and cats. Those are the two All things. All right. We could talk about... I, I love how you loop them in together. They're just... Well, because as I was saying kids, I was like, also cats. <laughs> yeah. They are, they are similar. Yes. <laughs> you have to feed them. You have to change them. They need a lot of yeah. attention. You, mm-hmm, you can't mm-hmm. leave it at home for extended days at a time because a mess will be made some way, somehow, right? I will say, not to defend cats, because I'm with you on this one, but cats in the spectrum of animals that people have seem to be the ones that people feel comfortable with, like, just leaving for, for days. And that... I don't like that. But like a cat is like self-sufficient in that like they don't actually need us for anything really mm-hmm, um, except mm-hmm. to like change their litter or whatever. But if you don't feed a cat in enough time, they just start knocking stuff down in your house. 
Yeah, yeah. They get passive aggressive. Oh, they're just like sliding things off the table and they're making direct eye contact while they do it. That is the thing I I dislike about cats. Like cats, I mean, I'm not the first person to say this, but like they will eat your body if you die. Like, Like actually, if you die and you're their only source of food. That is crazy. How long, how long do you think you'd have to be trapped with a body before you started eating it? Me? Yes. A human body. A human body. Or maybe not a human body. Maybe anybody. It's, it, it, it died. I, those are, they could go both ways. Because, uh, you know, if I'm trapped with a chicken and it's dead <laughs> or alive, <laughs> or know, alive. I'll, I think, <laughs> yeah, my instincts will kick in and I'll kill the chicken. I don't know. I don't know if I could ever eat a person. Yeah, me neither. But I also don't think that I could kill a chicken. <laughs> Okay, fair. That is probably the more like morally pure view where it's like, you know, all life is the same. If you can't kill a chicken, you shouldn't kill a person, vice versa. But I don't I don't know. I I could kill a chicken. You could? Are you from like the <laughs> south or something? I feel like that's very southern of you. That does I I understand why you think that based on um, you know, I feel like I could very easily slip into kind of having that kind of southern energy. I look like I I put a lot of sugar in my tea. Yeah, and you look like you say bless her heart. I see it. <laughs> I, the energy is there, babe. <laughs> Thank you. Honestly, I'm honored by that. Although um I am not. I'm a full Yankee. I'm. I grew up outside of Chicago, so it's pretty pretty far north, actually. Not even like close to the Mason Dixon line. <laughs> not Chicago. So you were eating the soupy pizza, is what you're saying? <laughs> okay, we're gonna come in shots firing. I'm, just, I'm asking questions. The people want to know. So now oh, we're we're adding apparently soupy Chicago pizza to our list of things we hate. <laughs> I just think, have you ever had pizza from anywhere else? Yeah. That's what pizza is supposed to taste like. I am a defender of Chicago pizza. I also am very particular in specifying that Chicago pizza is not regular pizza. It's a, it's another category. Okay. Okay. I hear what you're saying. And it's, I just don't get if someone, if you like pizza, what is there to dislike about Chicago pizza? It's got all the same shit. Yeah, but isn't it a different shape? It's like more damp. It's yeah, thicker. so is a toasty. So is a pizza roll. So is a so is a calzone. Okay, but don't do that. Don't lump a calzone in with a deep dish. That's that's a completely <laughs> different meal. <laughs> exactly, but it's the same ingredients, but we're we're just kind of combining them in different ways and exploring them. You know, this is the variety of life. Yeah, it's different. And though. I think if you like one, there's no reason why you shouldn't like the others. You know what's funny? I've actually never had deep dish pizza from Chicago. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're just firing shots uh, at random into the crowd. S- I'm trying to see what sticks. <laughs> I appreciate uh, you coming in in an effort to piss me off just kind of immediately. I do like that energy. (laughs) Well, it's called unhappy hour. So I have the whole hour. Yeah, yeah. The whole hour to make you unhappy. I thought. Right, right. (laughs) You're the first uh, guest, I think, who has taken the challenge uh, of the title of the show to make me specifically unhappy, (laughs) which I like. Uh, so children were also in that. We we went off on a cat's kind of tangent, right, but right, right, children, right. yeah. So uh, kids are, are not your not your thing. Have you met children? I haven't interacted with a child in in a while now. Well, God bless you. I just I feel <laughs> like you know kids have these weird small mouths and these big teeth. I don't like seeing their faces when they're like talking, um, and I also think that they're just like. Uh, I don't know. They're just annoying and they ask too many questions. And mm-hmm, I remember mm-hmm. when I was a kid, I was like very, I was supposed to be quiet and they weren't supposed to hear me. Kids now just kind of like swing from the chandeliers of restaurants and they're <laughs> licking subway poles and like putting their hand on strangers' knees. Like, you don't know me, don't touch me. Yeah. There definitely is like, I, I know I'm going to sound like a, a crusty old man um, who's like looking back fondly on the old days. But like, I feel like as a society, we used to be able to discipline other people's children. And now you can't. 
Yeah, you can like you could you you people you could just kind of go up and and scream at a complete stranger's child and they would be like, "Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for your <laughs> They'd be like, "That's right. <laughs> Apologize to this nice this nice man." Right? Yeah. But I uh I was on the train once. This was I guess this was before COVID even, but I remember this. And there was a kid sitting next to me. He I don't know how old he was. I don't know children's ages. Maybe he was 4, yeah. maybe he was 14. Who knows? But this kid stepped on my foot and like left their foot there. And I looked, I looked and I like moved my foot. And then this kid stepped on my foot again. And when I moved it, I said, oh, this kid is doing this on purpose. Yeah, yeah. And the next time they tried to step on my, I was like, yeah, that's not nice. You can't do that. And he was like, like looking at me like people don't say no to me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, babe, where's his iPad? Because he's stepping on my foot. Please. (laughs) Where's the baby's iPad? Yeah. I think I've been separated from kids for so long now that my reaction would be like, okay, I got to step on this kid. 100%. I got to fight fire with fire. And I might have stepped on his foot too. Honestly, (laughs) allegedly. You can't really. Yeah. You have to do it by accident. (laughs) Ooh, And you're like, ooh. And they're like, ooh. Well, I hinted at this. You, I, I don't want to ask you to uh, just kind of repeat your set, but you had a whole bit about um, a run-in with a squirrel. Oh. And um, this podcast is very vehemently anti-squirrel. Okay. I mean, I think that we should all be against squirrels. A squirrel is just a rat in a cute coat. It's the same animal. but It really is. But a squirrel is more fluffy, so people are like, oh... But a rat is like kind of, you know, the, we can see the the bones in the tail. So it's like. Right, right. right? A, a squirrel is just a rat that kind of put in a little more effort in front of the mirror in the morning and thinks that it can get away with beguiling us. Right. A squirrel contours. Like that's all the difference between a squirrel yeah. and a rat is. Is a, a squirrel is like, you know. They're counting on us being like the lights are dim. We're indoors. We've had a couple drinks, and oh, this looks adorable. But a squirrel will also like stand up on its like back feet and like kind of hold its like you know like like it's at a step and repeat on the red carpet like hold <laughs> hold its little hands together. A rat. Yeah, if, a squirrel knows its angles. Right. If a rat stands up, it's Stuart Little, and he's probably wearing jeans. But that's the difference between a rat and a squirrel. Yeah, I I feel like. Everybody in New York has at least one one run in with a squirrel or a pigeon or a rat, I suppose. There's really no getting around if it. If you're lucky, you get all three and that's bingo. But the fourth one is, you know, somebody jerking off on the train. So those are the four things. A pigeon, a squirrel. <laughs> it's an elevation. Yeah. yeah, that's another tier. Penis on the train and then maybe crying in the street. That's actually the trifecta of New York. You crying in public, somebody yes. somebody's penis on public transportation... Uh-huh. Are running with a squirrel, a pigeon, a rat. Those are the fit. Check, check, check. Yeah. New York, New York. I think this does say probably more about me than um, anything, but I've never, I don't think I've ever seen a penis on the subway. Okay, I did. Okay. <laughs> but it was on okay. somebody's phone. Okay, so I'm on my, I'm on oh, the train. Okay, okay, okay. I'm just on my <laughs> phone or whatever, and I glance over, there's a guy next to me, and he's, his phone is like angled toward me he fully wants me to see his phone and Uh i like glanced and i was like is that a penis no there's no way that's a dick it's too early in the day for this person to have a dick on their phone but you know i had to look again and it was it there was a it was a full-on dick pic on this man's phone but it wasn't the right shade to have been his dick yeah so i I was gonna say like who dick is that like (laughs) and it was like he just wanted me to see that he had it Right. <laughs> so you felt he was very obviously trying to show off this photo. It was, t- babe, tilted. Like when I'm looking at my phone, sp- specifically if I'm looking at something that I shouldn't be looking at, I'm like this. Right, 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 right. I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. No, I I feel like, I, I mean, I probably exude an energy that's like, when you see me, you put your penis away. No. Um, but on the subway... <laughs> On the subway, I don't think I've ever really ran into that situation, which, you know, I'm sure it's it's statistically like 99 percent. It's happening to harass women. Oh, well, there was a there was a point that point. There was a point in uh, like 2018, 2019 where people were just airdropping 
their nudes right. on the train. And that actually never happened to me. But um, yeah, that never happened to you either. Do you have your airdrop off? I Mine is on contacts only. So if I'm getting it, it's because someone wants me <laughs> to get it and know who sent it. Okay. Okay, now are you are you in a relationship right now? Let's 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 get into your business. Uh, I am not. No. Okay. Okay. Did you have a quarantine mm-hmm. bay? No, I poked around a little bit. Poor choice of words. Uh, <laughs> but I did. I was sort of like on the apps. I'm more of like uh like a hinge bumble like you know oh, okay. traditional values. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're on Hinge. You want to see how tall they are, where they uh-huh, live. You uh-huh. want people to answer prompts, right? Right. Mm. Or you can you can weed out a lot of people uh, on those apps uh, in a way that Grinder, I feel like, is just a free for all t- to begin with, yeah. and then and then it's also just like the tone of it is is so much lower. Yeah, it's just like we're here to hook up, and that's it. Well, that's how I uh, feel about Tinder. Um, yeah, because that's what I've heard. It's very much that. Like I had a guy. I don't know what's happening, but in the since the pandemic, men who want to date me are lazier, which is wild uh-huh. because they were lazy before the pandemic, right? Like they weren't putting the pillowcase on the pillow before the pandemic. So <laughs> oh, no. I like matched with this guy on Tinder, and he's like, "What are you doing?" And I was watching Queen's Gambit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I matched with this guy. He's asking what I'm doing. I was doing that, and he's like, "Let me drop some dick off." And I was like, what? Okay. Uh, what? I said, sir, wait, this is a Delta variant out here. And you are just DiGiorno not delivering dick to my house. Uh-huh. I was like, no, what? And I was, he was like, you're too, you're way too cute to believe in, uh, what did he call it? Oh, the pandemic. I said, yeah, we don't have, Oh no, we don't have anything to talk <laughs> about, babe. <laughs> you're not my type. But also like, yeah. what? See, that's the kind of crazy, though, that sometimes you, you can't you can't filter out on Hinge even. It's like there's no prompt for do you believe COVID is real? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. sometimes you just have to find out and, you know, well, it's not great. I mean, it's not great. But, you know, you find out. It was kind of disappointing, though, because it was like this was somebody that was hot. Like this is what the hot people doing now. Yeah. I, hot people. <sighs> hot people need to be stopped i just like i every time that i engage with a hot person it's just like no none of nothing is gonna end well we're as expected so i'm always disappointed so you're not looking for a 10 you're looking for like a 7.5 i mean sure we all dream for a 10 (laughs) we all fantasize about a 10 but right yeah right there's no interaction that I've had that's been like, oh, this is, I've, it's just, yeah. Yeah. You can't have a conversation with that. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to trot out something crazy at some point. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to be like, yeah, well, the earth is flat and I know because I, uh. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, sir. I knew a girl yeah. that was dating a flat earther and she was like, yeah, he, we be watching documentaries together about it. You, I could send you some of the materials. I said, I don't need the materials, babe. No, no. I have the materials for the. <laughs> <laughs> the materials. I, you know, <laughs> <laughs> girl. Yeah. Um, but what is your, I mean, I, are you on the apps? Still, are you still swiping and trying? Listen, let me tell you. Let me tell you what I'm doing. Okay, so a couple years ago, I went on a solo month long eat, pray, hoe trip through Europe. Uh She was eating, she was praying, she was being a hoe and praying she didn't get kidnapped. Okay, Um, Mm -hmm. and now I. So during the pandemic, I had like a quarantine bay. It was hot. It was fun, and then it wasn't. Um, and mm-hmm. he is now dead to us. May he rest in peace. Um, yeah. Right. I'm, I'm with you. I, they, I have to kill off all formers. Dead to <laughs> I'm me. Like, yeah. De- dead. He's dead. It's fine. Right. My friend came over, lit a black candle and it was like, let's. <laughs> <laughs> so that. We're bringing in witchcraft. Yeah. Well, I mean, truly. I said, I said, oh, you could burn it here, but also like. What does this do again? So that. Um, mm-hmm. And now I just want, I'm trying to get like a, like a, like a basket of men. I'm trying to get like a little roster together 
maybe three or four people that like I see during a month, right? During the course of the month. Sure. Because I wake up every day and I'm like, I can't believe I like men. They're so annoying. But alas, here we are, right? Yeah. We like what we like. We need what we need. Um, but um, yeah, so I'm just trying to get like a little... So that's what I've been doing. I'm on these apps, but like not really. I, I'll get on the apps like for 20 minutes in one day during the week. Like I'll just be like, oh, I have time to swipe and, and be disgusted. Um, yeah. Right. Or to be bamboozled. And then like I'll start a conversation or they'll start a conversation. And I always lose interest almost immediately. Like, <laughs> yeah, that is the down like the, the pitfall of those apps is like. It's really it's really hard to maintain interest. I always think of it it's like it's like you're ordering off of like the cheesecake factory menu and you have your meal in front of you now but also like the menu is still right there with all of the right. pictures of all of the other foods that you didn't choose. And it's like <laughs> how are you supposed to enjoy your meal when the other pictures are right there? Okay, is this podcast sponsored by Cheesecake Factory? <laughs> that is the first time I've mentioned it, at least in this episode. <laughs> I know, but I've heard, I know you've mentioned it in other episodes. <laughs> I was like, listen to this ad, this organic ad. Um, you know, if if the FCC is listening, I will disclose all of my Cheesecake Factory sponsorships in the fine print <laughs> at the end of the show. Uh, it's not sponsored, but I won't say no. I love that for you. Uh, I the love Cheesecake that for Factory you. is just one of those places that I think is a hilarious and b always on the tip of my tongue. So I haven't been to a Cheesecake Factory in lit- literally years, years and years. It's and probably years. for the best. Uh, you, I you're don't still know. here. You're thriving. I know, but I think coming out of it, coming out of the pandemic, the pandemic. Right, right. <laughs> if you believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to maybe, yeah, I have a birthday coming up. Maybe we'll, where is the Cheesecake Factory in New York? I don't know if there is one. There might be one in, in like Hoboken or Jersey City if you want to. <laughs> right. I got to go to Long Island or New Jersey. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Are you back on the road at all? Have you been, I, I mean, where you're kind of back it, it, performing live in New York, but even that feels like, you know, people are... We're doing this a little tiptoe at a time. Um, yeah, no, I'm back. I'm back on stage. I'm not on the road. Not really. Um, mm-hmm. I just I think people in New York are so excited to be back at comedy shows that the shows just feel better now because it's like yeah. you get out there and you're like, hey, guys. And they're like, oh, I needed this. Thank you so much. Like they're just it's <laughs> it's so funny. And I'm so lazy and I get on stage and I waste you know, 12 to 15 minutes of people's time a few nights a week. And they love it. Sure. They love it. I love it. We're having a fabulous time. Yeah. People love to have, you know, just any amount of time that they can spend not thinking about whatever the fuck is going on outside of that room is, you could say almost whatever. And I feel like people would absolutely love it. They're like, <laughs> oh my God, this is like tears. And like, at the show that I do on Sundays at the Knitting Factory, you have to be fully vaxxed to show up. Um, uh-huh. So people are vaxxed and there are people who are still wearing masks and stuff in the crowd. But, you know, I don't need to be able to see your face to roast you in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> How often are you kind of interacting with with the crowd? Do you like calling out people in the audience? It's not necessarily that I'm calling people out. I literally show up to these shows and have no idea what I'm going to talk about. So it's insane to me. Right. It's just I, I know it's insane. And people are like, how can I be a comedian like you? I'm like, don't um, right. don't do what I do. I'm doing it wrong, but I'm doing it well. So that it just works for me. Um, yeah. But I think people in the audience like to feel like they're a part like they like to feel like they're watching you create while you're on stage. And right. if I'm just reacting to stuff in the room, they see that and they're like, ah, we're the only ones that are getting this show because we're in here right now. And, right, and it's right. just like, you know, I'm I, I'm witty and I'm like quick for the most part. Um, yeah. If I don't smoke my work weed before I get on stage, I'm really sharp. So <laughs> that is the other thing. OK, I 
wish I was someone who could smoke and then become like more enlightened and better at working and like writing down amazing ideas and like being funny. Oh, I feel like my brain shuts off. Yeah, no, I'm not. Yeah. When I smoke and then try to do work it's usually it's usually just a smoke session into a snack session into watching right. Rick and Morty or something stupid like that. So you host The Unofficial Expert with Sydney Washington, also a former guest complainer. For people who maybe haven't heard it, give us a, a, an explanation. Okay, so we talk to people who thinks they're who think they're experts at things you don't actually need skills for, right? Right. So we've had a blonde expert, uh, we had an open relationship expert, um, a tall expert, just the tallest person that we knew. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we had a, a runaway bride expert, this girl that just oh. is like, sis, what, why, what? Um, like a more than once. No, it was situation? one long, messy <laughs> wedding situation. Okay. And like, with like uh, so her friend, the bridesmaid, it was like messy. Oh no. Yeah. But it was like beautifully messy. Um, right. yeah. So we talked to people that are unofficial experts at random things like, what do you think you're the unofficial expert of? Okay, one thing I did get kind of good at over quarantine was baking. I got very into baking. I don't know if you've uh, talked to a, a, a professional baker Wait, before. Do you have funny stories about baking? Because that's how we pick the expertise for the podcast. See, the problem that I'm facing is that when I came out, because most for the most part, it was baking for myself. Right. Because it's quarantine and I'm like, I just want something to do. And now I'm going to eat this entire cake. Right. And then when the world started opening back up and I started sharing the stuff, I started realizing maybe I'm not that good of a baker <laughs> because other people were tasting my shit. Um, okay, wait. So who do you stand for? Are you a fan of anybody or any shows? I am. Okay. Well, I would normally I would say Beyonce. Uh, I am a Beyonce stan. The other one, I was a One Direction slash Harry Styles. Still am a Harry Styles stan. Okay. So if you want, uh, (laughs) if you want to learn all about that. No, I don't want to learn anything about that. Have you ever snuck (laughs) into a concert or on a tour bus or like cut a, a lock of Harry's hair? This is the expertise for me. Where is the messiness in the expertise? The messiest it got was that I accidentally stabbed his sister at a bar. What? With a with a shank of glass. But that's a that's a story for an, did another you, podcast. Did you perhaps. know his sister was going to be at the bar? Yes. And that's why you were there. We were technically there together. I became kind of ingratiated in in uh, in the uh, you beady beady bum bummed his sister. Oh my god! <laughs> You're the Yolanda expert. Have you ever ingratiated yourself in any, any other groups just because you were like, "This is gonna be my friend. I'm gonna get close to this person." <sighs> no, I mean honestly, yeah, the the Harry Styles thing would be the closest I've gotten to that dynamic. Mm. Otherwise, I'm I, I'm not the like let me try sneaking on the tour bus type. Mm. Maybe you should yeah. do that. You know, believe in yourself. Okay, did we accomplish anything today or did I did you just get a contact tie from me? <laughs> uh, I can confidently say that we did not accomplish anything, but I I'm sure that uh the unhappy hour audience will will be in love with you if they're not already. Well, what what can I say to reel in the people who might not be in love with me yet? What is your audience uh, what is your audience love and threat like what do they enjoy well we do always towards the end of the show play this little it's not a game but it's uh we have some tweets of yours where you expressed your hatred of something and i'll just have you elaborate on that okay great I, um, I forgot what i've tweeted yes love this one of which was about basically just not the exact tweet is i don't know who needs to hear this but i don't like facetime as much as you do yeah Honestly, that could have been my unhappy hour thing. Yes. Everything doesn't need to be a FaceTime. I everything I doesn't agree need so much. Like if every time I talk I have a friend, her name rhymes with Mid Mindy. Um <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Everything is a FaceTime. Like when she's coming to my house and if she calls me to tell me she's here, she won't ring the buzzer. She'll FaceTime me. And it's like, girl, like every I believe that you're here if you hit the buzzer. You don't have uh-huh. to show me that you're in front of my house. <laughs> that is true. That is a deranged level of FaceTime. 
that is a this FaceTime could be a text. That is far too much. Yeah, it's very much this phone call could have been an email. It's that energy. Yeah. It is harder to cut off a FaceTime too. Is it? So you're looking at someone. I yeah, I don't know. You know That's this is this is the move, babe. Just uh, hang up. Right. And then uh, say your my phone. No, cut say off. my phone yeah. died. Right, right. <laughs> Just hang up. The only thing yeah. you can't do that with if you're like talking to somebody on WhatsApp, which I don't know if you would do, but WhatsApp will say will say <laughs> their phone. I, is, I don't know what that meant, but <laughs> well, because my sister has a Galaxy, so she'll video oh, okay, okay, she'll okay. video call me mm-hmm. on WhatsApp. Just that that's their FaceTime for us, right? But that's like you need an internet connection, right? But she, you need a, <laughs> you need Wi-Fi for that. <laughs> but my sister won't call me regular. She only hits me up. Or WhatsApp video. And it's like, uh-huh. girl, like, just get you an iPhone. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. At that point, yeah. Uh, the other, uh, another one is just, I hate when I put someone on do not disturb and then they don't disturb me. Yeah. You better try to call me. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. But that's how I feel after a breakup too. Like if I block you and you don't try to. Like, you're not calling my mom. You're not swinging by the house. Like, right, right. Were you obsessed there with is, me? There is that dynamic where it's like, you know, sometimes I'll I'll muster up the courage to be like, I'm going to leave my phone in this room and go in the other room and like do something. Yeah. And then when I walk back in, I'm like, oh, my phone is going to be there's going to be so many so many missed calls. Yeah. And then you pick it up and nothing. Nothing. Not even a, a Twitter retweet. You're like, what? what? Yeah. Yeah. It's dark. It's dark. Yeah. You, you stare into the blank void of that and you see yourself. Well, then you open it and you're like, well, maybe the messages didn't go through. <laughs> and it's like, bitch, nobody called you. <laughs> yeah. Let's check the internet. Yeah. And on that note, where can people find you and your work? Well, you can find me on Instagram. My Instagram is Reezy, R-3-E-Z, E-E-E-Z-Y. You can find me on my podcast every week, The Unofficial Expert. And if you're not crazy, but you cute or whatever, you can find me at The Knitting Factory every Sunday in, in Williamsburg in Brooklyn. Amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This was so much fun. Thank you. Where do you live? I'm going to come over for some baked goods just to see if they're good. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. You might be disappointed. (laughs) Just an FYI before the end of the show, uh, next week is Labor Day week. So we're going to take the week off because guess what? We deserve it. And so do you, frankly. Okay. So everyone enjoy your week. We'll see you uh, in two weeks. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad shit go down easier, starting with Do Better White People, where we highlight some anti-racism resources and other actions we can take to make our world a little bit better. What are we highlighting this week? Well, this week I wanted to talk about Indian food. Satirical column that was published in the Washington Post this past week. They kind of set off a bit of a firestorm that said, amongst many other things, that um, Indian food is based on one spice, which is which she said is curry, which is not even a spice. The point is, the most kind of forgiving reading of this is that he was just trying to be funny and it wasn't funny and it came off as this man kind of just making fun of Indian food and then I guess he kind of like doubled down on Twitter and and went into why he doesn't like Indian food yeah it's a lot Mindy Kaling had a tweet that was just like it's fine if you don't like if you genuinely don't like a food okay you can also just shut up (laughs) you don't have to like publish something about it or make jokes about it which I guess listen we host a show about not liking stuff but I think we like to think that we're very careful about what we talk about and like we're not disparaging or even joking about like an entire culturist cuisine right it's different to say that you don't like french fries versus not liking an entire culture's food right especially right. one that is so heavily americanized or westernized anyway yeah it feels i think the part of the problem is that even if this is a joke it feels like it's punching down because this is a cuisine that uh, a a lot of white people especially are are like largely unfamiliar with or unexposed to and so it's like you're kind of making a joke but it's like the thing it it's too close to home <laughs> it's not like you're making fun of a thing that is popular amongst the people who would be laughing along with you mm-hmm. right 
you're not punching up. That's the difference. You're not punching up. You're punching down. So Padmalakshmi also read this man on Twitter, and she actually published a column in the Washington Post in response that is titled, Disparaging Indian Food Isn't Funny, It's Ugly. So we'll link to her column, because who better who better to take advantage of this teachable moment than the, the wise stunning Padmalakshmi. Who literally wrote the encyclopedia of Indian herbs and spices. Yeah. And I would also say just, I mean, as a white person who grew up unexposed to Indian food, who my mother still thinks the fact that I eat literally chicken tikka masala is like the most exotic thing ever. Bless you, Debbie. (laughs) You know, I feel like so much of my, my like maturity in adulthood has been exposing myself to different cuisines. Yeah. Yeah. It's the sure. best way to learn. I grew up with food. no, absolutely the blandest food ever <laughs> and some good Italian food. But, you know, expose yourself to stuff that you are unfamiliar with and don't just instinctively be like, ew, this food is ick. Because maybe that says more about you than the food. Wow. Think about that. Anyway. All right. Uh, What TV are you watching this week? More of the same. I have like a lot of TV that I'm watching right now. Um, Mm -hmm. But I will say that Riverdale's out. I keep getting notifications that the new episodes are out and that they are in my because I I famously buy the season um, Mm -hmm. because I refuse to watch commercials. Um, And so I keep getting notifications being like, you have a new Riverdale episode and I can't wait to watch them. Uh I just haven't had time. So Sure, Still sure, watching the sure. same stuff. What about you? I watched uh, The Chair with Sandra Oh. I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard many good things. Yeah, it was. I had no idea what it was. Uh, I saw someone mention it on Twitter this past weekend, and I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to go watch all of this right now. It's only <laughs> three hours in total. Oh. Uh, it's like six half-hour episodes. Um, Ugh, love a half-hour. Yeah. More half-hours. 25 minutes, even. Please. Yeah. Briefly, it is. It, she becomes the chair of an English department at this like old school New England university. And uh, it's like a comedy, a dramedy. Um, it's good. Sandra O oh in anything is amazing. Agreed. Uh, what's your non-TV chaser? My non-TV chaser, I have to first start with some depressing news. Oh, God. Which is that Phoebe Bridgers, uh, well, it's good. She decided to make her whole tour outside. Fully support that. Really glad she's doing that. The only concert in the entire tour that hasn't been rescheduled and instead has been like kind of canceled until they figure out when to do it and where to do it is the show that I was going to in D.C. And I did almost start crying because I've been putting so much of my energy into being excited to go to that concert. When is that? Or when it was, was supposed, supposed to be to in be? October and it, I was going to go to D.C. to see it with my dear friend Emily who recently moved there. Right. And she and I have really um, put a lot of our depressed energy into listening to Phoebe Bridgers um, for the past year and a half. So we were really excited about this. So that on that day that I was like, damn... I'm like actually very upset about this, even though I understand why. And I, of course, Phoebe, if you're listening, which I know you're not, of course, don't blame you. And I understand. And I'll take one for the team. But the music goddesses still blessed me that day because that was the day that Casey Musgraves announced the film and upcoming album and put out her new single. Mm -hmm. And so it just... That was definitely my non-TV chaser for the week. Um, and it, it hit even harder because I had started so low. But, you know, it's it was a beautiful, a beautiful moment for me personally. Yeah, I couldn't tell if I mean, obviously, I'm so excited for the Casey album. Oh. I don't know. Was that like the single or was it just kind of like the trailer or the preview? Or I, yeah. I know I think it's going to be on the album. Yeah, she's. I saw today. We're recording this on Thursday. Mm -hmm. She's releasing a single at midnight. (gasps) Okay. So I feel like that is the first big. Okay. Okay. Well, she she put out a song. I should say. Right. Listen to it. Loved it. Very excited for this film. Um, Meg Stalter is in it. A comedian we both love, which is amazing. I'm just so excited. Yeah. Anyway, what's your non-TV chaser this week? 
mine on TV Chaser is, I feel like I've maybe mentioned this at some point throughout the last, throughout the summer, but I joined a kickball league. Amazing. We love. Um, a homosexual kickball league <laughs> here in New York. Um, we've played outside. It's a Monday night league. And uh, it ended this past week. I was categorically the worst on the team. <laughs> if there was an LVP. No. What is it? Yeah. Least valuable player. I was the least valuable player. Um, it was kind of funny to see week by week as we were assigned like what what positions we would play mm-hmm. that I I progressively was like the least damage position. <laughs> but our very last game, uh, I made the only play that I made the entire season. I was in the outfield a few times and uh, missed every fly ball that came my way. (laughs) Like, full-blown, hit my chest, like, (laughs) clap my arms together. (laughs) And our very last game, we were winning by a lot, so the stakes were pretty low. Uh Uh, Someone kicked the ball pretty hard. It was Uh up in the air. I was in the outfield. Immediately, I was like, oh, fuck, it's coming right at me. (laughs) I'm going to have to go for it. And I went for it, and I caught that bitch. Yes! And I immediately, I was so excited that I caught it. I held the ball up like Simba <laughs> above my head and started chanting. And then I realized everyone was screaming at me because when you catch a ball in the outfield, the play doesn't stop until you throw it back to the pitcher. So there are people who were already on bases, were all running home <laughs> while I celebrated in the outfield. <laughs> I don't think any of those runs should have counted. I, yeah, by the time I threw it, luckily, A, was our last game, B, we were winning by enough so it didn't even matter, and C, uh, everybody else was also so excited that I caught it that everyone was like, that was amazing. (laughs) You should have gotten more points for the fact that you caught it. Our team did come in third place overall. Damn. We didn't get a medal, but we should. The fuck? Bronze. Yeah. Proud of you. Yeah. So, shout out to the kickball team. (laughs) What was your, what was your uh, team name? Chromos. Go Chromos! <laughs> That's it for today's show. Thank you for listening on Happy Hour. If you want more on Happy Hour shit, and obviously you do, you can head straight to my Patreon page where you'll get video of bonus Worst Things First stories that were cut from this week's episode, video of our extended guest complainer interview, and an entire separate podcast feed with all the bonus stories every single week. So it's like a second day of Unhappy Hour stuff that you get. You can also buy some merch at unhappyhourshop.com. And as always, head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Wherever you get podcasts, follow us, rate us, review us, but only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, Arlena Revelo, and me, Matt Bellisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hong Seo Su. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Bellisai. You can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter and Unhappy Hour on Instagram for all the latest podcast buzz. You can leave us a voicemail on our rant hotline at 601-600-RANT. That's 601-600-7268. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Uh, bye-bye. I think I did it again. Did not know what you were doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry you didn't hear any of that because I was thinking of Cascadia. What? Cascada. What is Cascada? From the <gasps> 2000s? Cause every time we touch, I get this feeling, and every time we kiss, I swear I can fly. Remind I tell you that I Are. felt that song in my bones as a kid. I was like, she wrote this for me. Fully having never touched another human? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Okay. And I was like, that is what love is going to feel like. And you know what? She was right. Yeah. That she doesn't even need to release any other music. She spoke such truth <laughs> in the first song. We wouldn't be able to handle what came How after. do you? Yeah. Everyone's like, where's Cascada? Ca- that's what her name is? Cas- Cascada? That's where's Cascada. <laughs> and it's like, it doesn't even matter. No. Because she she's, peaked. And she's everywhere. You don't have to. Once you create...
perfect art. <laughs> the perfect art. Yeah. That's why. It, what is this fuck? Da Vinci? 